righty, man. Uh, welcome, everyone. I trust everyone out there is feeling well, even though your television is going to try to convince you that you're dying. I think most people here know that's not the case. What? Uh, Jason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jason's with me. And just for everybody's edification, uh, in about a week, it's the equinox. The equinox for me here in Rhode Island is actually tomorrow. If you live a, further, a little bit further south, it'll be a day after that. The equinox, in my view, is defined as actual equal day and night. So uh, the reason I bring this up is because all critically important serious alchemical procedures begin in the spring, which is tomorrow for me. Welcome, Jason. Well, hello, Crow, YouTube, DLive. Uh, I don't know. Maybe the Fringe? I haven't spoken to Joe lately. Hopefully we still go out on there. But anyway, hello all. Yeah, um, well, I guess we should make an announcement first, right? Yeah, let's uh, just put this out here. Uh, Rose is in the hospital right now, so if things are a little slow uh, with the responses and all that, that's why. She could definitely use all the positive juju you want to throw her away, which would be extremely appreciated. Uh, we're got, we've got things under control, hopefully, but um, yeah, she needs your love. Yeah, this is a, has with viruses made up or otherwise no, no, or, no, or and, yeah, this is pre-existing pre condition that's being dealt with and it's been a rough go so send your positive thoughts and prayers to rose anyhow um it's been a hell of a, a few days here jason my inbox is actually jam-packed to the gills with people who are not buying uh what have you been seeing you know since I've had to be in a hospital for the past couple of days, the CDC instituted new rules. Uh, they've cut down visiting hours, and they have got security around making sure that people aren't just wandering in and out. They've got most of the exits blocked, so they're taking this thing on a legal level very seriously. Uh, the only way you can get in and out is the main uh, entrance to the hospital where, where we're at, and... There's a group of people there with a security guard and a table, and they ask you the basic questions. Have you been out of the country, like all that stuff? How are you feeling? You know, usual nonsense, but they're acting like this is a real thing. Yeah, it's it's a bit astounding. Um, you know, I don't know how many people followed the Dr. Kaufman episodes, which was a bit like a godsend to have met him when we did yeah. and had the ability to get him on um, as this all broke. Uh, there's a man who's been educated as far as people get educated and then some uh, in mainstream medical views who told you the truth and if you recall my opening question to him uh, when we had him back back to back the second time in 203.5.1 or some ridiculously named episode to keep my file straight I said Dr. Kaufman has there ever been proof that a virus has caused illness in anyone and his answer was no um, I'm sorry. I'm getting too many flashing windows in my face here at once. Okay, I got oh, it. Oh, I just want to uh, make sure we get to that question, but since we're in the middle of something, I want to make sure you saw that ahead of time. <clears throat> Somebody just sent a super chat. Uh, thank you so much. We'll get to that and make sure Crow can see it too, so I'm not springing it on him. But yeah, Dr. Kaufman, man, I really like him. Uh, it's kind of funny. This is the first time we have released not but three episodes in one week. So we've been, we've been a little busy because we're still trying to pump out the same <clears throat> quality we give. We're not just slapping together a super recorded thing and make it sound like garbage and then we're trying to give you what we always give you and we're trying to make sure that information is as good as we can get to you let's make one thing perfectly clear um if human beings were not convinced that your fellow human being is a risk to you somehow which is utterly ridiculous human beings have been interacting since the beginning of time if we pose that kind of risk to each other human beings wouldn't exist if we treat each other with respect if we act like adults then this made-up catastrophe um it evaporates but let's go ahead and get to math and thank you matthew you want to cover it jason yep thank you for the 22 new zealand dollars or whatever they call them there i'm not actually sure sorry about that Hello, Something team queen Crow. or kingy. <laughs> Hello, Team Crow. Are the royals we see on TV, for example, Queen, Harry, etc., the real deal? They seem like a big screenplay. But with the queen, her face is all over most of the world currency and even gold and silver. Well, maybe I'll step slightly to the right to answer this question. In my forum at crow777radio.com, I was so proud. Well, 
I shouldn't say proud because the member who posted it is not sleepwalking, um, and he's a very intelligent man, but he took apart some Trump footage and began to notice things that look like makeup jobs and prosthetics and everything else. If people are not aware of deep fake, you can look up deep fake. If it's coming from you on your TV, is it real? No, it's not real. It's just not. It can't be accepted as real anymore. It can't be viewed in any other way than the adversary. So if you're asking me, are they for real? From my point of view, if my television told me, no, that's not for real. Um, and the level of technology and video kind of witchcraft, the level we've reached, um, you're never again going to easily be able to tell if something was filmed in the real world or not. And here's the real rub. And I've said this a lot of times. If you go back to a movie like Lawrence of Arabia, regardless of the programming that's in the film, damn near every single film that you can hold in your hand that exists in this world is filming something in this world that exists. And that is a key point to get home into your brain, basically. Because when you come up into Avatar, everything was filmed on a thing that doesn't exist because it's ones and zeros. It's it's electrons on the head of a pin somewhere, so they really don't exist per se, and everything you're being presented with doesn't exist either. In other words, you are being entertained as if it has some existence in reality, and it actually has zero existence in reality. Yeah, we're kind of at that point. I mean, it's not perfect yet, but good God, some of the things that can be done are scary, and if you actually have some money to throw behind it, hmm... That's a big deal. John Flaherty, thank you so much for the $10 super chat. You're awesome as always, brother. Good to see you. Let me uh, let me make a little crow prediction here. Um, we're not far, and we may, maybe we've already crossed the threshold, because I've noticed recently some CGI characters in movies. Everyone saw what I saw. Oh, it's clear that that guy CGI'd in in Star Wars, or um, someone is made to look younger in another movie. That we know, but it could be that there are already other characters that have been passed off as famous faces that we supposedly know that were made up out of whole cloth. So you look at something like the Marvel Universe, which is the biggest thing in film that's ever been. Um, and it's the biggest thing in film that's ever been, not just because of the successful box office of any one given movie, but like a year ago, I read somewhere there were 68 main characters. So it's almost a franchise of Titanics, if you follow my reasoning. But here's my thing. If you had a franchise like that back in the day, would you kill everybody off? Would you end the storyline? Would you do all these things? Would you take white Captain America and hand your shield to new black Captain America? Would you be playing these kinds of agenda-ridden games to upset people and manipulate public perception? Or would you be more concerned with the box office? What's going on here is every one of those people, from my point of view, that played in the Marvel Universe, they've all been digitally scanned. Those people are never going to go away. 50 years from now, their image will appear. We just saw a Domino's pizza commercial where Norm walks in off the street. I wonder if Norm had any idea when he was doing Cheers uh, that his mug was going to be in a Domino's pizza commercial. My point being that we are on the cusp of a time when actors no longer matter because a computer can make them all. Um, and I think those are key things to consider as we go into this hyper-artificial age. Well, you know my old joke, someday, and that day is coming closer and closer, we're going to have new episodes of the old Star Trek. Why? Well, because all they got to do is computer generate it. Maybe the special well, effects will be a little better. Right, and then what's going to happen is they're going to go back to the old ones and they're going to do what uh, what they did to, to Star, uh, Star Wars there. They're going to go back and start editing new stuff into there and updating it and making the explosions look better and changing the storyline slightly. Um, these, This is... This is the age we've entered. Uh, it is the ultimate barn wall from Animal Farm because now the laws never really existed on the barn wall. In the book Animal Farm, there was actually a barn wall that you could kick or hit with your hand. There was actual paint, which if you ate it would made you sick, actual laws on the barn wall. In the digital age, the barn wall itself is fake. And not only is it fake, it'll change it will. Got a couple more super chats coming in. Thanks, everybody. Uh, that's oh, we're on fire today. 
Uh, Marky Rowe from 999 says, thank you. And thank you right back. You're awesome. Uh, Benjamin Crosland for $10 says, Skyclock connection to coronavirus. Eris and Aries and Hygieia and Taurus. Thoughts? Yes. Um, and I'm not going to dig into the actual specifics as you did because some people use astrology. Some people use sidereal. I choose to, to look up and use the sky that I see. But we're all working towards the same goal. But there's no there's no doubt this was launched as an alchemical procedure to transmute the world, and it's happening in spring when all alchemy that matters starts. But what's more is the initial kickoff on the last day of December-ish out of Wuhan uh, was scheduled to the, to the cold and flu season. Not ask a simple question, has there ever been a time when any medical person could tell you the difference between a flu or a cold? Um, basically, I think the main difference has been one, you probably have diarrhea or gastrointestinal and the other one, you just feel crappy. Um, the point I'm making here is we were already going to be in the time of the year when some people unfortunately get the flu, not that many. And then a lot of people will get colds. Um, so it was leveraged. But if any of the other work we've done where some of the new medical research is saying viruses do not exist, which I accept that to be correct, and that it's an electromagnetic thing, then that begins to jive with all the old texts and all the old spiritual traditions that were all about cymatics and all about electromagnetism and all about there's only one force in this world that's called electricity and the daughter of that is electromagnetism. So if we take all these things in stride by introducing fear in a time of year when more people than usual would be coming down with a cold anyhow, what do you think that does to an electromagnetic field? Think there's any possibility that lowers the field? Refer to Dr. Lena's episode where the electromagnetic vampirism is pointed to as the new definition, as a possible accurate way to describe what's going on with what we call a flu. So there's all that. So let's take a moment to talk about the beer bug situation. There probably is a flu. I, I don't doubt it. Flus exist, right? In some way, shape, they or do. form. They exist. Uh, I've had it. It sucks. I don't have this one, thankfully. And I don't think I will. I doubt very much that I will. So that being said, don't give in to the fear. And if things start getting really crazy, like, for instance, they were chasing people off of Bourbon Street in the French Quarter in New Orleans last night. Uh, they don't, they're not letting large crowds gather uh, by governor's orders. If you want to know just how much of a game they're playing here, just start doing Google searches. And I do mean Google so that the, the top news hits come up. Games they're playing with all, all the, uh, the reportings and all that. You're going to see a lot, a lot of number, Gematria playing around related to beer bug. John Flaherty, thank you once again for the $2. He says four legs good, two legs bad. That's that's definitely true. So, sometimes <laughs> that, that's that's animal form. That's a quote from animal form. There it is, man. The little piggies. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I was gonna point out a thing. Uh, everyone's gonna know who I'm talking about. Just so people know, when I get on a live stream, it's very rare when I ever put anyone's name in a title or say their name on the air, and that's because of censorship. Um, for a while there, I logged in everywhere I went. I put names and titles, and people got shut down. Um, right after they had me on a lot. That's why I don't often log into the chats either, but I wasn't sure Jason was going to make it from the hospital on time. But one of our common acquaintances did an ingenious thing and said, give me a name. Give me one name of someone you know who died. And not only is that ingenious, Dr. Kaufman, who's an extremely educated man and has worked in the mainstream medical community, both on the medical side and the psychological side, um, he, he made a, a, an astounding observation that everyone should take to heart. Look around you. Do you see any dead bodies? If the answer to that is no, then that means in your immediate sphere of life, there is no reason to have one shred of concern. But coming back to our other common friend, uh, ingenious to say me the names when people it's like I always say when a new car comes out and it actually exists we can know the color we can know how many doors it has we can know how many models it comes in we can know the engine size we can know actual factual things about things that exist in this world and when I saw the clip where he said give me one name I thought that's that's brilliant but anyhow 
Right. So as we've been trying to get across this whole week, don't let this stuff drag you down, folks. It's it's not good to give into this. There, there's probably a flu. I'm not saying there's not, it, it, but it, it doesn't matter. You can see that something going worldwide, that's strings being pulled from the top down. You feel me? Yeah, um, I just noticed uh, Master Weiss has joined us, which is uh, Hello, Mr. Nice Weiss. Mr. Weiss. Um, anyhow, Jason, do we want to... We still have questions left over. We still have other things. If you people in the chat room have ideas on your mind, I'm actually trying to pay attention, but you got to remember, um, I know some dirt around my neighborhood that's older than I am, but for me to pay attention to three things that went no, I'm making a joke here. <laughs> if you have th- if you have things you want to say in the chat, um, go ahead, and I'll try to keep one eye over there. Other than that, uh, how do you want to proceed here, Jason? Well, I'm looking for. Oh, I think I found it. But anyway, before we get to the questions, we should probably take a moment to say what we're releasing this week because you're getting another huge chunk of us this week, not just a regular show. Right. It's going to be huge. I posted. Um, Jason's going to be picking up the the Facebook slack while Rose is down recovering and getting back to us. Um, I posted uh, the image that I made this morning for episode 204, and this is going to be the roots, part of the roots of everything you see going on. This is one of the major tee-ups, one of the major restructuring of American culture and programming, and that's Edward Bernays, who we've covered before, but this time... He's going to be covered like you've never seen. Uh, if you catch the, I think we're at three hours, aren't we, Jace? We got three hours there? Yep, we hit three hours on this. We've never done a three-hour program before. No, so we hit three hours. You're never going to have another question about what we consider to be one of the foundational changeovers to the way things used to be prior to the greatest generation, higher minds, and then post when the programming came to us uh, in no uncertain terms. And when you realize the scope and breadth of what supposedly a single mandate, and by the way, I saw S-Frog in there. S-Frog, you can start another thread anytime you want. Go do an image search for image search for Edward Bernays because I just did it this morning and I started getting Einstein flashbacks. But anyhow, we'll talk about that later offline. But anyhow, supposedly attributed to Edward Bernays who is the double nephew of Sigmund Freud. And let's let's take a minute to talk about having a double uncle like that. <laughs> Sigmund Freud is the base of hacking the human mind in the modern age. Or maybe I should say it's where it became mainstream, where modern science, no-nonsense science, was applied to the human psyche to figure out what could be done. As we all recall, the guy that he trained and then got pissed off at was Carl Jung, And Jung took it all the more further because he started tying it to ancient archetypes and alchemical ideas. The point I'm making is by the time this world had seen Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung, um, the, the brain was now scientifically hackable. And not only was it hackable, it set the stage for even the computer systems that were going to be built later. And I mean, I can't even start to tell you how many things were built on that foundation. So when we get to Freud's double nephew, Edward Bernays, you're looking at a man that was probably super genius in the first place, at least trilingual, if I'm not mistaken. Ashkenazi, which almost certainly means that his IQ was up around 150 to 200, which is typically shown in certain Ashkenazi groups. Um, You're looking at a powerhouse, and he had all his uncle's work to work out what PR, public relations, and what marketing could do to what he called herd mentality, or basically more than one human being gathered in one place, which relates to exactly what's going on now. Imagine all the people being upset by what's going on in the news. And and also notice the censorship has pretty much gone away during all this. You know why? Because if they force this down your throat and then censor it to protect it, did you lose me? Nope. Okay, sorry. And then censor it to protect it. Uh, You're being violated there. Sorry, man. We're we're getting across mic. Are we getting a, a, are you cutting out? No, I'm getting you in one ear and me in the other. All right. Um, Anyhow, I lost my train of thought there. My main point is the Bernays episode is three hours long and it gives you the nuts and bolts. But I will pull one thing out of the episode, which is a critically important idea. 
And I remember talk of this, and the reason is because on my mother's side, there were sheet metal workers. And when I was a kid, there was a tin cup that was in the basement of my grandparents' house. And I remember talking about it because it was so interesting, handmade cup. And I was told that was the communal cup. And I didn't realize then what it was. Bernays is the man who destroyed the communal cup. Used to be when you went to work, there was a cup hanging. One in the office shared that cup to drink water. There's your normal world. People are not afraid of each other. My neighbor is not going to give me a disease that's going to kill me. I don't view them as the enemy. I view them as another human being, and I'll share a cup with them. That communal cup was killed by Bernays, and he did it under the aegises of Dixie Cups. Yep. Hint, hint, hint. So Edward Bernays came in, convinced everyone, you use that communal cup, and it's unsanitary, and your neighbor's a pig, and humans kill each other with germs, and by the way, buy Dixie Cups. And he successfully killed the communal cup. And there you have it. There's things I found out about Bernays that I had no idea about, and it blew Crow's mind when I told him. Uh, a little hint here. There's a reason why you wear a wristwatch, men out there, and it's not as it used to be fashionable for men. It's because of Bernays. Crazy stuff, man. Well, there's another thing that Bernays started to put a big dent in that sets the stage for today. That is the role of the female element of our society and the role of the male element of our society. He got women to do things that women never did before. And as Jason just mentioned, he did the same thing to men. And this is where the blurring of gender roles in a society that goes back Lord knows how long, where there was a reason to have gender roles because you need two genders to have offspring. And offspring is the only thing that matters when it comes to whether we have a future or not. So right now, if you can look around and see what's going on and you understand the gender confusion and the complete aim to decimate what it means to even have genders of any recognizable difference again what's being tacked at the very root of it is the offspring in the same way we can show that helen Gurley brown and the other people who launched the women's lib movement were working under the aegises of the cia we can further show you now that we can look backwards with 2020 vision that one of the big things that came out of that was before women's lib families were started with women in their early 20s. After women's lib, a lot of them started in their 30s, and that reduced the number of children. Here where I live in Rhode Island, every single household had from two to five children. There was one household in this neighborhood that had one child, and it was a different world. Do you know how many children are in my neighborhood now? Exactly zero. And I'm talking, I don't know, three miles in every direction. That's not true, there's one, but I think she's even college age now. So three miles in every direction where every household had two to five kids. I think back in the day, the claim used to be is the average American family had 2.5 kids. Don't ask me how you have half a kid. By the way, before I forget to mention it, since we are live at the moment, I've come up with a couple of different ways I'm going to try so that we can take live phone calls here on the live streams. Uh, obviously, if I make it work, I'll be able to do that on the Wednesday nights as well as in the Sunday nights with Crow. I just need a little time to be able to hook it all up and see if it works. But what I've done is I signed up for a free Google number and we'll be able to give that out. And that'll be the number always that you can call when we're on the air. And hopefully, if I can get everything to route properly, we'll be able to have live calls. And I know that's something that uh, people sometimes liked on TFR. And obviously, we don't have the immediate capability here. But I think I've come up with something to make it happen. Also, hello, Lacey. <laughs> Thank you for the 555. She says, Google says quarantine originates from Italian quarantina, meaning 40 days, which is an alchemical month. Interesting with the equinox approaching. Well, of course, we can go into the biblical scripture, can't we? Um, and the Vatican was the first kind of organization eventually to have anything to do with the language changes, although I don't accept the Vatican tells us that all that came to us in a language, I don't accept it, but I'm not going to get into that here. Um, we can read about what 40 days and 40 nights means and the numbers that reoccur in these old ideas. Of course, they have a bearing in natural science, um, but I was I would say it was probably yesterday morning I started to get contacts and emails um, because of a blog I wrote. And at the time I wrote the blog, it was 1 a.m. at night. That's why it's kind of clunky, because I didn't have an editor. 
Um, but it didn't matter. What I said needed to be said, and I started to second-guess myself. So I actually had Dr. Kaufman look at it, and I said, is this too heavy? Is this a meat cleaver? And he said, no, it's what people need to hear. <laughs> On the tail of that blog, um, I can't tell you how many, I mean, probably thousands of emails by now of people not buying, but from parents who are beside themselves, that their children basically are stuck at home, nothing to do, nowhere to go, everything's been closed, and they started saying, I'm going to call the school, I'm going to call the museum, I'm going to call, I'm going to call, I'm going to call. And when I first thought, I thought, good on them. But after I saw it for about the 50th time, I thought, wow, um, I wonder if this will become a trend. And so we'll begin to see um, what is the result of this overreach. But the problem is, as we, recover, and we, as we covered in one of our recent episodes from the shadows, and by the way, it is from the shadows, from people who undoubtedly, unquestionably know um, the sources of what's going on here. I need to choose my words carefully. Um, the point I'm making is the overreach is meant to be an overreach to see just exactly where an overreach is right now. That's what I was thinking. That's what was confirmed. But if everyone quit sitting idly and submissively by and did pick up their phone and did show up at their union meetings and say, I'm sick of this. This is ridiculous. Are there any adults left? It would be interesting to see what the result of that would be. All right. I think we've got everybody's questions uh, caught up. Let me take a quick look at the chat and make sure. Uh, yeah, I do see everybody saying about schools being closed. That's it. Uh, they're going to do this everywhere for whatever reason. I still haven't figured out what exactly this thing is supposed to be that it's so bad that you have to have literally the entire world shutting everything down. I mean, they're just closing everything. I just don't it's... understand what, it, what the, 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 like the practicality of this is. Where has common sense gone? So basically this 250, any more than 250 people is a bridge too far. That's a joke on the face of it. If people were contagious, five people would be too many. But I saw <laughs> pictures from Heathrow and a couple airports where the hallways were jammed with thousands of people shoulder to shoulder for hours trying to get through checkpoints. So think about it. If all those people were contagious, jammed into those hallways, and then put on planes and dispersed all over the world, it would be the absolute worst thing you could possibly do in the face of a supposed pandemic. Maybe, you know what we should have done, Jason? We should have covered the, the god Pan here yeah. in this episode. <laughs> that would have been a fun thing to do. You probably know enough off the top of your head to at least give a, a point or two on that, right? I could fake it, but I'll refrain because it's always best to hit the nail on the head when you're doing a classic education. Sounds like we might need another .5 episode this week. Maybe. Um, Jason and I, if, if we see that they are trying to impose a lockdown on the United States of America, Jason and I will step up and on top of the, the live stream and the Thursday show, we will deliver two shows a week. So it'll be like Thursday and Monday or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out, but we will do f two shows. We'll quit sleeping, we'll research nonstop, and we'll stand up while the wind open. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say other than don't give in to the fear. I mean, I know they're doing things for real. There's no doubt about that. But don't you let it drag you down. And I've had plenty of people asking me, and I, I'm not even remotely worried, and I'm going in and out of a hospital constantly where if there's a contagion, I would probably be exposed to it. I don't care. Uh, Jay Armstrong is asking, will the post office be business as usual? Good question. I have not seen anything on post offices closing yet, but we'll have to look into that. And, uh, of course, they're not open on the weekends. So let's find out tomorrow. Uh, I think I, I strongly suspect they will be open for a while at least because here's the thing. If they close too much stuff, and I mean too much stuff, people are going to start freaking out. Like they start taking away too much of the sports <laughs> ball and all that. That's not good. They need their sports ball. But funny I, enough, something I noticed today is how much the price of gas has dropped. We're down to, I saw as cheap as $1.77 here in the uh, greater New Orleans area. I don't, I don't know about you, Crow. I know it's a little more expensive there. But the, the price of oil is crashing hard along with gold and silver. <clears throat> so there's a lot going on that's not just about a make-believe, horrible, going-to-kill-you flu. Well, there's, they're, they're going to crash the economy as of the world here and there will be crashed to some yet unknown level. We see the manipulation of silver. Here in the state of Rhode Island, they ran a full page 
ad in the paper that if you're in these special zip codes posted below, which was every zip code in the state, you get special access to the state mint silver. We're selling these little bricks, half ounce bricks of 999% pure silver, and they used to be $50, but now, because you're so special, we'll sell them to you for 30 You know what the price of an ounce of silver was that day? Spot price, fourteen sixty-five for a full ounce of Troy silver. And what they were selling a half ounce for was more than double that. That's what the state is doing to people who don't know any better. But there's another thing going on here that I was just thinking about. When I was young, the idea that the society had in its mind about police officers or schools or city government was that they worked for us. That whole thing has been shifted around. When I left San Diego, a short while before I left San Diego, my entire life it had said on the side of every police car to protect and to serve. Right before I left, they stripped that saying off the side of police cars and they put keeping the peace. You can think about what that kind of idea means, why someone would go through all the trouble to remove basically what amounts to thousands of police cars in the state of California and remove to protect and to serve because they're not serving anymore. So if the mindset of the people came back at a city council meeting or at the state government hall or when interfacing with the police station that you guys work for us not the other way around a lot of this would change but somehow the mindset has been completely flipped where somehow we are now subject to the very places that we fund with taxes yeah uh let's see got another question here BP oil, all oil companies too, was above $60, now $22 on the stock market. Yeah, that's, you know, that's interesting. There was a, a while ago, and I, I, Crow, I think I said this to you the other day. There used to be a dude, and I don't know if he's still around, but he was elderly, so he might be gone. His name was Pastor Lindsey Williams. And I've never been able to figure out just how authentic this guy is or not, but he used to go on all of the conspiracy shows that were around at the time. But the one thing he did say six months ahead of time that he was spot on to the month to the month and I think to the week even if I remember correctly and this is back around the mid 2000s but I don't remember exactly what year but he said that the price of a barrel of oil at the time was going to go from $150 all the way down to about $40 and I think it had crashed all the way down to 42 so he was $2 off but I think we could let that one slide and the reason why they were doing it was because they were trying to uh, stop the Russians from making money off of it because all the other big oil companies can survive such a thing it's kind of like walmart being able to shut its doors for a day they can they can handle it they're so freaking big and huge and i'm wondering are they doing something similar now are they trying to break someone's back by flooding the market with cheap oil and we're seeing a a pleasant result of that by having less expensive price per gallon but it's reminding me of that same time and i'm wondering if there's something else going on behind the scenes that you know maybe these corporate masters are uh pissed at each other over something and they're one's trying to screw the other who knows well there's some things that are obviously in the public view and you don't have to use logic to get there like the fact that over 200 ceos jump ship usually when a ceo jumps ship they cash in their stock so some miraculous way these people all knew to jump ship before the dollar and every other the ruble and every other currency in the you know the known world is about to be crashed this is about a systematic change of everything. This is about a takeover. When you think about the largest CEO kind of departure in the history of the United States, that on its own would be massive news any month of any year. So who's taken their place? Well, insiders must be, right? This is a complete takeover. How many people listening have seen either their chief of police or their chief of fire replaced in the last four years? Both have been replaced here. The new chief of police, first thing he did was went to one of the local schools and held a vigil for a fake school shooting to tell you where this is headed. So what this comes down to is we've got to be cowed. And if you're not willing to be cowed, there will be a different outcome. And they're not going to quit trying. They'll come back at this. But when you see economies crashing and the value of precious metals being manipulated and oil, what you're looking at is a systematic, schematic change of everything. 
or the the setup to try to do that. And by the way, um, in Spain, were sending me pictures saying that they were on quarantine in their homes, went out to get food, came home, and they were stuffing the 5G in every building as quick as they could. So what you're looking at here is a complete push to see what an overreach is. And what determines an overreach? I'll tell you what determines an overreach. When everybody who's not afraid stands up and says, knock it off. That's what determines an overreach. If we all sit here on our butts and act like a bunch of scared school children, overreach will be found in a few months from now. If we all act like adults and do what adults did back in the day, overreach will hit its limit pretty quickly here. Yeah, totally. Um, so that being said, do we want to get to the questions or uh, what do you want to do? Sure, let's do it. We might as well. All right. Let me pull that back up. From MIG Pro. Recently, I got sick and it was coughing, etc., the whole nine yards. I was sick plenty of times before, of course, and had similar symptoms, but in light of the episode with Francolina, I noticed a few things about my illness. I noticed, obviously, that I had a lot of nasal mucus that I was purging out of my body. I noticed also that the fever that I had was helping that process because my body was raising its temperature so that it could physically, in the material world, destroy the illness. That conflicted with the idea of the virus bacteria being an electromagnetic vampire. I understand that it most definitely disrupted my electromagnetic communication in the body, but I had a hard time accepting the idea that it was not physical, even though there are not, these are not imaged to, to this day. Well, I think those are astute observations, but I would point out that regardless of what causes an illness, it's physical after the fact. You got diarrhea, that's the real world. You're throwing up, that's the real world. Um, so I don't think there's any arguing your point that it's physical. Everybody knows that it is. But the real question is, is this from contagion coming through the air, another human being? Is there actually a little thing called a virus, according to Dr. Kaufman, that line has never been proven, nor has a virus ever been imaged. So every night on the evening news when you're showed that scary little coronavirus, why would they lie? Why are they showing you an artist's rendering of a thing that does not exist? And that should be your first clue. That's what started breaking the back of NASA, by the way, was all the fakery and imagery. So my point would be, I'm with you all day long, and I appreciate your observations, but the point I'm making is it still doesn't tell you how it started. We all know it's physical after the fact. When you're throwing up, it's in fact in the real world. Yeah, uh, I mean, here's the big thing. Viruses are probably not what they try and convince us they are. That the things they do to deal with them is not real either. So that's something to keep in mind, everyone. Like <clears throat> When you're hearing the mainstream go off about all this stuff, just keep in the back of your mind that, hey, this may not be from a scientific point of view, what they're saying it is and swearing it is and making you take. And all I'm saying is be mindful, keep that mind open because you don't know where this is going to go. And information is power to try and keep your, you and your loved ones safe. Go listen to Dr. Kaufman. I'd reached every conclusion that he put there. And we only talked about a few things before he came on, but I'd already reached the point where I went looking for virus images from electron microscopes, and I began to realize the same thing I realized with NASA. Then as I started to go at germ theory, um, the first time I did this was a few years ago. It's getting harder to find anything legitimate online, but there were plenty of people who were saying germ theory is not sound science, and that's exactly what Dr. Kaufman said to us all. So for my part, I don't accept that viruses exist or cause disease. Well, that's not true. You can find them in algae, but they're not a danger to the algae. Well, here's the thing. Don't be afraid of a beer bug, but definitely be concerned about the measures being taken against a beer bug. You feel me, people? Well, this is the other idea. Um, we know now that some of the healthiest foods around compared to other things are the, um, the fermented foods. Miso soup, soy sauce, cheeses have a, you know, that haven't been pasteurized to death. Um, all these things that go through this alchemical process and what's going on there when you're talking about fermenting is almost verbatim the description of what the average person is thinking of when they think of germs and when they think of infectious ideas that we've been given. So think about what we're talking about here. Has this whole thing just been another bellywick to eventually outlaw fermentation of any kind ever except for the booze you're going to keep getting but that needs to be done in a licensed factory? I don't know. It kind of feels that way to me. 
Um, let's see. Jay Armstrong is answering, uh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, asking about the census supposedly starting to begin at the end of March. Well, <laughs> you'll have plenty of time to sit at home and fill it out. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say what I'm. You know what? I'm just going to skip over that. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Back to the questions. Second question from Mig Pro. The second thing is more of an observation where I can hear the word succeed or success being used. I watched a video from Santos Bonacci where he broke those words into their real meaning. Success meaning to suck, cess, cess, C-E-S-S being the cess in a cesspool, and succeed meaning to suck, seed, seed being sperm. And the meaning of these is that you need to do what is actually meant by these words to achieve the widely accepted understanding of what these words mean. Another one being is the word club, meaning a group of people, but also a physical wooden club, for example. The one that other members of the club use to beat you over the head, telling you what to think and what to believe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well I, yeah, I don't think there's any arguing that our language has been uh, taught to us one way, but means all these other things. But I will add a little bit to that. If every one of us thinks succeed means to accomplish a goal, and that is the meaning that the world mind is putting on it, then at some level, whether or not other people who remember the older meanings and who know the perversion of the language um, are utilizing the older meaning in some way, I'm certain that they would be. Um, but the point I would make here is we have the language we have. And so I've gone at this a lot of times because I say endless words that I wish I didn't say. But at the same time, for me to talk coherently and communicate ideas, I found it nearly impossible to change my speech pattern and police myself on the fly. So it becomes kind of a catch-22. But I'm with you all day long. It's critically important to understand what's happened to the language. But I would ask the question, when the current world mind has assigned a whole other meaning to a word, doesn't that word, in fact, to some degree mean what the new world mind has put on it but i i think i'm with you all day long it it doesn't it doesn't stop those who know better from undermining the original root meanings hmm. All right, next is from Brian. I have seen a few channels on YouTube discussing an upcoming grand solar minimum. I remember Crow saying that he has seen that the sun has very little activity lately. In your opinion, is there any concern of a coming grand solar minimum that could decimate our food supply? No, the sun's what allows life in this world, and it has always been that way. So as long as there's been life in this world, I don't know what you choose to accept as likely, but for me, that's a hell of a long time. And even if we removed animals or human beings or other things, plants have been here a hell of a long time. The majority of plants photosynthesize. The one thing that allows that to occur is the sun. And them's the facts, Jack. So how is it that we can be convinced that the sun is our enemy? I recently told a story about going into the doctor to get a thing looked at on my back. Without even me knowing, she whips out this razor blade thing and cuts a thing off my back not kidding you. Um, and I'm like, whoa, what just happened? And I start talking to her and um, she was talking about the sun. And I said, well, I'm half Greek. Maybe the sun's my friend. And she looked me in the eye and the, said the sun is nobody's friend. And I thought that really sums up our age when we've become so ignorant that the one thing that provides all the light and life in this world is now the enemy. Um, the solar minimum yeah, I believe everything goes through cycles. Is the sun going to kill us? No, not in a gazillion years. It's the only thing that allows us to live in the beginning. It's the only thing that allows us to harvest a crop. And by the way, if you want to look at alchemy, it's the only thing that accounts for season. So I can tell you certainly that it does appear that the power or the activity on the sun changes. Here's my problem. When I was in San Diego and I got the Hydrogen Alpha Telescope, there was all this activity. What year would that have been? Probably 2015. So 2015. And at that time, they said we were coming into a solar low, which was an 11-year cycle. And I don't, I don't accept their cycles. I don't accept their observations. I don't accept anything. I go out and try to do it myself. But to, I think the most important part of what you asked me, is the sun ever going to be our enemy? No, it's never going to kill us with a flare. It's never going to not come up in the morning and be there for us when we need it to be. It provides life here. It's not our enemy. Peter from Illinois. 
I have had an Omega 8003 low-speed masticating juicer since 2012. It works great, especially for leafy greens. It's sold when new for about $200. I paid $100 for it used. Also, have you looked into urine therapy yet? Maybe you should. Please look into urine therapy as described in The Water, the Water of Life by John Armstrong. I found it to be almost a panacea internally and externally. Well... There's something to this, you know, the first time it came up a few years ago, your human reaction is what everyone is. Really? You're going to drink pee, huh? Um, and you're thinking, I've been told my whole life that'll kill you. Well, I've been told a lot of things will kill me and I know better now. But remember that old TV program, uh, it wasn't Bear Grylls, but it was one of those ones where they took the two dudes out and they had to survive. They were in a desert and they needed water. And one of the guys said, I'm going to drink my pee because I'm so thirsty. And the other guy freaked out <laughs> and said, oh, no, you don't. And he goes, I'm just going to drink a little. And I could tell by the way the program was put together that they were doing everything they could to defame the idea of this man drinking his pee, which is certainly his own choice. You want to drink your own pee? It's your damn life. Nobody can tell you different as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the way that it was presented, it was clearly trying to exclamation point defame the idea. So here's what I'll tell you. I don't know enough about it. And typically when I don't know enough about a thing, I need some months to research it or I need to meet someone who I trust who knows a lot about it already. So I'm open all day long to hear about urine therapy, but I'm not going to start drinking my pee until after I know more. Yeah, that could be a serious thing. You might want to watch out for that. Don't Don't just... Be careful what you do when you're talking about stuff like that. Last part from Peter. What do you know of the Tibetan Book of the Dead? Boy, oh boy, it's a Hasbro toy um, <laughs> to, to show my programming. Tibetan Book of the Dead was a big deal to me for a long time um, because all old ideas and things that came from India and things that came from China, which typically this part of the world never knows much about, are important to me to learn something. The Book of the Dead is an interesting on a lot of levels because these people science and I do call it a mind science. There was a religion wrapped up in it, but what they were doing was actually a provable science. You could take one guy who never met another guy who'd been through the same initiation and they would share a commonality and what the outcome of that unknowable event was. And in the Book of the Dead, what we have is people who may be some of the best meditators we're aware of in the semi-modern age, at least certainly up to the, the point uh, Tibet was knocked over by China. Well, we stood there unwatched, and that's why we stood there unwatched, because they had to erase the old ideas so they could get on with corona later. Um, my point being, these men schematized what happens to a human being when they go through that door we call death. And that's interesting to me. And it's interesting to me because I live in the West. And where I am, you don't talk about death. You don't think about death. When someone dies, they hide them. They take them to this place you know nothing about, turn them into ash, and they give them back to you in a sterile jar the whole time, not furthering what you know about death one iota. Um, Book of the Dead is it's super duper interesting. But what I can also tell you is I think some versions of it have suffered to the modern edit. And here's an example. All the lights described when you're in the Bardo, go to the light that scares the hell out of you. Don't go to the calming light. And then the description of what color the calming light would be. For some reason, nobody can quite define what the color of that light would be. And it always bothered me. If we're documenting the scientific mind ideas to this level, how is it we can't deduce the color of a light? And then we have other people saying, absolutely, the color of the light was blue. And at the next one, it's green. And at the next one, I started thinking, well, you would expect it maybe to match the prayer flag colors because those are encoded into everything. But anyhow, that's what I can tell you. Yeah, this next one's a little bit heavy. So here we go. From Budsy, with reference to Kurt's last show, episode 195, Kurt mentioned the Wikipedia link about calls, that's spelled C-A-U-L-S for anybody who needs to look that up, which say they were highly prized throughout history. It occurred to me they would need preserving and looking online. There's plenty of info about drying them and folding them up. I think using salt, you could dry and preserve the placenta as well. So what would happen if you could easily prove you were in physical possession of your package? I found links to a group of people calling themselves call bearers or veil of tears who are follows 
of the way. They say a child born with the call intact is approximately one in 800,000. Also, quote, the main reason why those born with a call were, were and are held in high regard is principally due to the fact that such births can be calculated in advance and the time and place of such births predicted. This marked the birth of a call bearer as being of particular significance, along with the fact that such people often had peculiar abilities in many diverse ways which were not commonly found in the general populace. I would like to hear you, your guys' thoughts on this matter. Seems to me there is something there, although I'm not sure I trust the Callbearer site. They make much work about them owning the copyright of the word Callbearer. It was first used circa 1997, despite saying it's been a thing for many hundreds of years. The Wikipedia page lists a few people who were Callbearers. Sigmund Freud was one of them. I wonder if Edward Bernays was as well. Well, it doesn't bother me that someone went out and got a copyright in the age of admiralty law. I think that sounds like someone trying to protect an old idea and not allow it to be subseded into the admiralty law ideas. These, these things, Kurt, brought up some of the biggest deals we've covered from my point of view. Um, when you begin to look into the idea of the call, these, these were used as totems that people would kill for to get their hands on a call, particularly with sailors at sea. Um, there's whole stories behind that. But I don't think there's anything... Now, I'm trying to remember back, but I don't think there's anything that Kurt covered with us which I wouldn't put on the top shelf of importance, which isn't to say all these ideas are thought all the way through. And in some ways, we're just meeting the first people on the road of life who are realizing all these things and trying to reconstruct what was lost. But I'll ask a simple question. How in the hell is it that each person here listening now was born and we don't know a damn thing about what should have been done with the afterbirth or why calls are important or any of this. And I think that answers your question on its own. Panoku, thank you so much for the 499 super chat. Thank you, Crow and Jason. Your broadcasts are very important during these times. Mahalo from the Hawaiian Islands. I'm jealous, man. Good on you. You live in a beautiful place. That's for sure. All right, next questions from are from Reggie. I watched a few videos on the white Japanese samurais of old, also known as The Last of the Samurai. The Tom, Cru Tom Cruise movie of the same name might be giving us half-truths. The video claimed many of the samurai to have been white and of more Russian lineage. It shows a photo of an old white guy in a temple in Japan claiming he is the last true samurai, according to the video. The video also claims much of the ancient architecture in Japan was similar to Russian architecture of the same period. Carpet bomb a country and remove any evidence. Are you familiar with any of this? Um, none of these things would surprise me. I've always been at the mercy of what the newspaper printed and knowing what we know now, we know who owned the newspapers, don't we? It's always been the royalty, the robber barons, you know, the 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 Astors, the the Rockefellers have owned these things and some of the things I know about Japan how, how many people realize that there's a direct lineage to, to some of the Japanese traditions with Orthodox Jewishness? You ever seen the thing where the Japanese religion has a little cube on their forehead? They have words that are actually verbatim, identical to the Yiddish words. This world we know nothing of, and it doesn't take a genius to understand. There had to be a certain number of people here at some point, and the world was populated in some way. I think most of us assume we didn't just blink into existence and every continent was covered with peoples. I think most of us can realize why are there black people, white people, Asian people, all these different types of people. And this is part of the reason why I went at the box saga. Not because I wanted to put a stamp of approval on it, but I think it's critically important that when someone's claiming this is the oldest tale ever told, that you pay the hell attention and put it in your brain housing development organization so maybe something else later will tell you, wow, there was something there. Or maybe something else later will tell you, not such a big deal. Um, but there's a whole history of this world we know nothing of, and I think what you're pointing out is just more evidence of that. All right. Continuing on with Reggie, I'm black, born in this country, I'm about your age. My relatives always spoke of our Indian lineage. I found videos showing photos of black people from around the world. I found photos of black Mexicans, Native American Indians, and photos of black Chinese, basically worldwide. My family has no lineage going back to Africa. It does go back to Europe and turns white. My mom is 80. She grew up with a picture on the wall of her great-grandfather who was a white guy. Could, you, could the story of the African slave trade be fabricated? Could many of the slaves have come from here in the Americas? 
and the surrounding Pacific Islands or elsewhere because I am thinking so. I think there's any any time something like that is going on, it's going to be surrounded with lies. But I'm here in Rhode Island, and it was part of the slave triangle, which was what rum, sugar, and slaves, or something like that. I've forgotten. Um, even not. Don't get me wrong here. My dad's whole line behind him was sea captains, but not that kind, not the seafaring, slave-bearing kind. Um, they were basically running uh, around the world doing other things, but not the slave trade. They were doing commerce and things like this that were legitimately disattached from this. But here's the problem. Slavery is dishonest. It's always been known to be dishonest. Even the people who were, had enough muscle to do it, they knew it was dishonest. They just faked like it wasn't. So it's going to be surrounded by lies. Um, there's a whole history that people are now digging into. And one of the things I thought interesting was on the HBO show, The New American Gods or whatever it's called, there's a portion where they're standing in a church and two of the supposed old world gods are talking and they're in a, a mortuary where Ibis is, is the head guy, the Egyptian tie over. He's a black guy. And his friend Nancy points out that before 1900, there was never any idea that black was somehow bad. Um, and he launches into this whole spiel pointing out, I think, exactly what you're pointing at. And this, this relates to the question we just had. There is a whole history of this world we know nothing thing of and the truth is victors write the history and the truth is most of the time the victors in the modern age have been the guys with all the money and power yeah this is one of those things like was history obscured in any way shape or form <laughs> probably <laughs> i mean come on how many times have we gone at this sort of thing i don't doubt it you know well for you know i always echo the cliche attributed to napoleon who was probably just a puppet but the point is we're told napoleon conquered lord even the vatican at one point yeah right so why didn't he walk off with everything that's in the base basement of the vatican the history of the world basically but anyhow he should have been in a position to know things when you when they start calling you emperor and he is attributed with saying history is a lie agreed upon and I think that's one of the truest things we've ever got from any ruler at that supposed level. All right, last question. I think there might be some evidence of giants, titans, men of renown. Many videos and photos are out there of people standing next to what appears to be giant skulls, body parts of people, animals, and creatures for lack of description. I know you shelved this idea a while back. Any chance of looking deeper into the subject and reporting on it? I've looked at it a lot of times, and here's the problem. Uh, you can't, in the modern era, you cannot use video and imagery alone for anything. It can be faked at a level that even a digital image expert like myself might not be able to detect. Um, used to be, maybe 15 years ago, I could pretty much detect if a digital image had been screwed with. Um, there's ways. But the point I'm going to make here is I will not divorce myself from common sense so I can believe in something that's fantastic. If I can use common sense to get a common sense thread to follow, I will do that. But I will point out again, go back and look at King Solomon's Mines from the 50s with Stuart Granger. I think I got all that right. The leading lady is a red-haired lady. I can't remember her name. In that movie, they shot on location in Africa. I can never remember the name of the tribe, which is shameful because there's no reason that it's important to me. And I don't know why uh, it's a uh, it's not Zulu. It's a uh, anyhow. Um, look at the size of those men. Look how unique those men look. Some of those dudes are pushing eight feet when you look at that movie that were filmed in there. Um, so what I do is I choose to take a common sense approach. In the movie, they in an encoded way point out that there is a direct lineage to Egypt from these super tall human beings. They're very noble. They're very stately in their demeanor. Even in the 50s when Hollywood wants to act like they can call black people boy. So I'm just putting it out there. Even in that movie, they ain't calling these guys boy. So there's a deferential recognition being given there. So what I'm saying is, is in the modern age, if we can see people that are nearly eight feet tall, what could have came before? Maybe there was an 11 foot person at some point or a race, but I'm not going for Titans. Um, I, I can't find any meaningful evidence. And I've done enough classical education work to know that when uh, Greece is talking about Titans, they're not talking about human beings. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Matthew Ross, thank you for the 11 
New Zealand dollars. When you say his story, are you referring to someone? <laughs> I know what you're on about. It's, I, I Michael guess, Jackson guess, had a, a, a posthumous release called His Story. I think it was posthumous. Um, yes and no. I mean, it's just kind of a, an amusing joke to say it that way. But this is another one of those words have meanings kind of thing. There, there it is. We're not giving the fair sex a pass because they were involved in history, too. But if you take the word at face value, you're being told that it's his story, whose story. Well, over the hell he is that wrote it. Um, the truth is, is in any major event in history, there's more than one angle. As a matter of fact, I saw a breakdown which illustrates what I'm about to say very well the other day. Uh, I'm doing some searches on, on all the old Elks clubs and Masonic organizations that were so common all across this country. My wife and I just watched a, a movie today from Hollywood where everyone was an elk or a buffalo. It was so common. It would have been weird if you weren't some kind of a Mason back in the day. But here's the point. He pointed out that he was in an event with the president of the United States and then later saw footage of this supposed event and said it wasn't real because he was at the event and he saw it. And then he launched into great detail that even video from two different angles of the same event can vastly change what anyone who saw one or the other videos thought of the event. And I think if you think about that, it's a critical thing. What we typically get in history or his story is a one-sided deal. Someone somewhere who was empowered to do it wrote down what they wanted to pass forward. And usually it's not very flattering about the people that just got stepped on. All right. That was all the last batch of questions we had. If you want to uh, submit anything, it's crow777submissions at gmail.com. That's crow, C-R-R-O-W, 777submissions at gmail.com. All right, so we're going to have a couple weeks here, it looks like. And it looks like the powers that be are going to try to push this all the way up to the height of the power of the sun, if I'm not mistaken, which would be June the 21st, called the summer solstice. The question becomes is, I'll use a cliche, we the people, I used it in my episode image to make a point because people is a loaded term, but I'll use it anyhow because people know what I'm getting at. Um, are the people going to let, the powers that be know that the overreach has already been found. They've already hit overreach. Or are we going to go for a few more weeks on this? The point I want to make here is, is if we do see a lockdown in the United States formally announced, and it kind of already is, the schools are closing, Jason and I are going to go to two shows a week. We will research nonstop. We'll try to bring sanity. We'll try to bring common sense. We'll do whatever we can. But in closing, I'd like to say... I don't think in modern history there's ever been a more important time for people to treat each other with respect, to not be afraid of your neighbor because they can touch your hand and get you sick, to not treat people as us and them, to come together in common cause. Go look at the episode image that I just posted on my Twitter account for 204. There's a lot wrapped up in that to include game theory, to include the guided programming at a level that's almost obscene in the United States of America, and to point out that it's the foundations of everything that is going on here, or one of the foundations. So how we treat each other and how we act going forward for the next couple of weeks is going to be a big deal. If people do silly-ass things, childish, why wouldn't you say, hey, dude, that is the most childish thing I've ever said. No, no, no disrespect, but i got to tell you, you're not acting like an adult right now, or some such. What would you add, Jason? Yeah. Again, I keep can't stress this enough. Don't be scared of what's going on, but be wary of what's going on and try and take care of yourselves the best you can. Looks like we just got a last minute um, super chat from Kylie of Darwin, 1984 Paradox for a five dollars. I guess that's Australian. Magician's Darwin. hat. Hmm. Darwin. Hmm. Magician's hat equals art of deception. To pull off the biggest tricks the world is going to see, you need a big distraction. The sideshow is strategy. Mm. There it is. There it is. Um, this fear, this, this is the whole thing. You know, everyone's wondering, why is gas low? Why? Because it's all the things we can see. The real question is, what's being done right now in some legislature at the Hague or Lord knows in Washington, D.C., where now it's mandatory that everyone needs a corona shot or some other illegal nonsense? Um, we don't know. Say no. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I will. If you point a gun at my face, you will not be sticking anything in my veins. I've lived for years now without that, and I will go to my grave under the same you know, circumstances. Um, my point being is that comment is critically important. The things you see that make you see red are there to make you see red, so you don't look around and see what else is going on. But at the end of the day... If people would just quit being afraid and act like adults, this wouldn't go on for too much longer. I do intend to do a live stream this Saturday with Wayne. I will announce it as soon as he and I have decided. We have a couple things we were talking about to do. Unless circumstances uh, beyond my control, of course, take that away. Uh, mainly dealing with Rose's current condition. Hopefully not, but there it is. Anybody who wants to reach me can reach me, reach me at secretsofsaturn at gmail.com. And uh, I think that'll just about do it, Crow. All right, there it is, man. Thank you all for showing up. Be good to each other. Look out for your fellow human being. Throw fear as far away from you as it can be. There is no reason to fear. And in the book, Dune, you were told one of the truest things you will ever read in any book ever, including the Bible. By the way, fear is the mind killer. And that is the main ingredient on offer right now. There it is, man. Cheers. Knowing.